Hello, you little mystery flavors, and welcome to episode 58 of Hungry in Kentucky. I'm Sarah from Bluegrass Bourbon and Eats, and today I'm joined in Fort Lewis Studios by my blogging partner, Renee. How's it going? Good. You're and always I'm, so quiet. I know, this is all you get. Uh, <laughs> I'm well, here. All right. I am, I am here. We're also joined by our producer, Carrie. I'm tired. Me I too, am so man. tired. I woke up at 7 a.m. and I was like, why? It's Sunday. Yeah. What is wrong with me? Ugh, it's terrible. But I guess I'm awake now. But um, we're also joined by a guest. So let's welcome. I'm a guest. <laughs> Hello. Hi. <laughs> let's welcome Robbie from the Beltline Restaurant to the show. Hello. It's good to be here. Oh, thanks for coming. Of course. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to talk to you all about the restaurant. Um, let's step back for a second and thank Riley from Ruth Hunt Candy for coming on last week. Um, that was a really fun episode. I really enjoyed She was that. so sweet. She was. I, I really think I got No pun intended, name. right? right. <laughs> oh, you know what? I didn't mean to do that, but it worked Well played. Out. Well played. Yes. <laughs> nice. I think I got her name right on GBS. Yeah. Okay, so. good. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there was a little confusion beforehand. Yeah. I know there was, but. No, totally It's was. fun. It's yeah. fun. Thank you, Riley. Yes. Very nice to meet you. She, she brought us so facts. many things to try. Like some things I've had before, some things I hadn't. And I actually, I'll tell you later, but I went by there and I'd seen her and talked to her at the store and she could not, she could not have been nicer. What was the most adventurous thing she brought you? Uh, I guess the chocolate covered potato chips. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Those, I'm a sucker for the salt and chocolate. That's, yeah. yeah, that's what I would yeah. say. Those marshmallows with the caramel now those things, them, too. Like, I that have never terrible. had that before. <laughs> <laughs> They're mal- mallows, and it's like a marshmallow covered in caramel, and then powdered I think, sugar, and then too. powdered sugar. Okay. I, got it all so, me. I was yeah. going to say, so it's a mess waiting to happen, but oh my God. Wow. It's so yeah. good. Fun fact, I have no more candy left. Oh, it's me gone. neither. I took it to work and was like, candy? Oh, I ate it. Candy? <laughs> <laughs> like, people are aware right? Get your own podcast. I know, right? <laughs> I ate exactly. mine. So, everything was just so good. It was really good. Yeah. So that was cool of her to come on. Um, you guys will definitely have to check out their 100-year anniversary um, party at early august i believe yeah that's what she said weeks. Yep. yeah mm-hmm. so definitely check them out that mm-hmm. ought to be a good time and they're doing that at all their stores no I think it's just, just the just lexington, store? lexington one okay I think. yeah i'm pretty sure awesome yeah. uh don't fact check me on that one though <laughs> i might have to get some of those chocolate covered <laughs> potato chips and put it in a bread pudding Ooh, that would be good. Yes, please. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like that. Now, Chef Daniel, if you're listening, let's uh, get the chocolate covered potato chips. Say, let's and just get him on the phone and make sure that yeah. they were all the same. Time. I probably could. He's yeah. always working. So we'll put you in touch. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. Well, we have a lot of stuff to get to today. But first, if you work in the restaurant industry or you have a food blog or anything related to food, let us know. We'd love to have you on the podcast. You can slide into our DMs on Twitter and Instagram at HungryNKY, or you can send us an email. We're HungryNKY at gmail.com. We can also do Skype or Facebook Messenger, Teams, I mean, WebEx, if you're getting really, like, weird with it. Um, <laughs> which Not Zoom. We just don't do Zoom. No. Mm. no, no, no. Nope. Zoom makes me look weird. I don't like that's it. That's not a podcast. It's after odd. all, it's that's a video thing. It yeah. is. People people use it for podcasting, oh, yeah. but personally, as many of these of, of these podcasts things that, that I do, this the sound is 
garbage. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's warbled and dainty. yeah, it because yeah. it's because the zoom when the, somebody's talking, that's the person who's talking, and then it, it takes a second for it to flip to the next person. And yeah, it's, to, this morning I was watching the uh, Blue Origin uh, press release press conference mm-hmm. about the flight that's going out on Tuesday, uh-huh. the first oh, yeah. private oh, flight, yeah. and you know it's got this like huge panel of esteemed mm-hmm. astronauts and engineers <laughs> and they're all like well what we've done is we've modified some of the and then we're going to take a question so greg what's your question and they were like sounds like we're having some technical difficulties and i was like yeah so you can put people in space right but you still can't take that audio phone call yeah okay. it's it's just it's so, comforted it's by so this. yeah it's so funny i uh because I'm in a podcast editor group on Facebook, mm-hmm. and they're all the, these people are all the time complaining about like clients who record on Zoom, and I'm like, then tell them to use Skype because mm-hmm. you can record yes. with Skype, and Skype doesn't do that weird jumpy mm-hmm. back yes. and forth thing. So anyway, I get yeah. off that horse. <laughs> oh no, I mean that's pretty much all I had to say about it. I, I used to just say it makes me look incredibly old, but I've come to terms with the fact that I'm getting older. So. I've let that one drop, but we still we still don't use it because nope, I still nope. don't like it. Sound yeah. is garbage. Heck yes. yeah! So any other kind of web-based camera system, bring it on. Just not Zoom. All right. So what you guys been up to? Anything fun? Anything cool? Exciting? I went to the sake place. Oh the yeah. New, the the yeah. void. The new sake place How was that? down there on National Avenue, and it is at the very end of national avenue uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. have you been there i've the been to the very end of national okay. avenue and turned around because i missed the thing in the middle of national <laughs> avenue i was going to so, yeah, yeah. No, so so the yeah the the new sake place called the void mm-hmm. um it was it was nice the the people who were working there were very nice and they were very knowledgeable and they were super willing to answer all of my questions which i had a lot because i know nothing about sake um, but it, it was good. I would I would highly recommend that people go down there and check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, sake was different. That I had it in my mind. It was different than because I'd only had it like twice before in my whole entire life. I don't think I'm like a standard it. sake. Like they're like, do you want some hot sake? You're like, sure. Right. Yeah. 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 They didn't have it hot. Now they don't have hot. At least they don't right now. Right. Yeah. They were making six of their own, three flavored ones. Two regular ones and a cloudy one. Yeah, unfiltered. Yeah. Unfiltered. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was. I highly recommend it. Is it, go check it out. You know, just for a new alcohol adventure. <laughs> Did you notice that there's so much variation in the flavor from the expectation of sake, which, like, I mean, from one thing to the other, that there's a lot of variation. Yeah, I thought so. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was interesting because they have one that's 15 percent and one that's 18 percent. You can definitely tell the difference. Yeah, because you're drunk after. I was kind of I was kind of shocked that people were getting five ounce pours. Like we yeah. just got a flight, you know, the the small, very small, and then we were splitting it. So you know, we we didn't drink a whole whole lot, but yeah, there were people getting five ounce pours, and I was like, damn, all right, <laughs> you're right. Where's your ride home? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I you know how the I don't know if this is a myth. I'm sure it is. The liver filters what the liver filters, but I do think there are some alcohol alcohols that filter differently Mm -hmm. and I do think that sake is one of those ones that because it's rice based Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. filters slightly different I mean again 18% alcohol in your body is 18% alcohol right but I I do think some people metabolize it
it differently. Mm -hmm. So it's just like somebody who's like, I can't drink tequila. It gets me super drunk. I think some people can handle different Mm -hmm. alcohols in different ways just because they metabolize them differently. Yeah. Oh, that's that. I mean, and it's worth the test. Oh, right. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely. Let's see. In an afternoon, I'll have a 9% and then an 18% and see which one gets me drunker. (laughs) Well, and and, you know, even even if you don't think that you like regular sake, they had a horchata flavor. They had a, a, a mochi. No. Uh, what's the what's the tea? Matcha. Matcha. matcha uh-huh. They had a matcha, and then they had the Nate's coffee. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had a flavored sake. The only place I've gone for, like, sake exploration. Now, um, school, when it was mm-hmm. over where Arcanine is now, right. they had a nice sake bar. You could get different kinds of sake that weren't your traditional kinds. But SRO, with, with Hidenori and the, with the Yamaguchis, uh-huh. they have a really nice okay. collection because it's a Japanese bar. Right. Yeah. It's not a restaurant. Right. So they're, they also have it for the sake lovers out mm-hmm. there that there are now two places, which is pretty extraordinary, although we do have a big Japanese population. Oh, yeah, we have sure. A Korean yeah. population yeah. here. So yeah. Yeah. it's not super ironic that we have a a large sake community but right i'm just glad we have more options now because yeah. oh, yeah. i do find yeah. it a yeah for sure drink yeah and i you know the flavored ones weren't for me i would yeah, much I rather have just like the either. regular yeah. and i have also been told by various people that hot sake is actually the way to go hmm. interesting i've heard the yeah, opposite really so, okay. Uh-huh. okay just because uh what i've heard and again this is probably a myth i'm definitely no sake expert i enjoy it uh is that the hot is often trying to cover up some flavor, mm-hmm. like some oh. some kind of negative flavor qualities in the okay. cold, and you huh. can really find the negative flavor qualities in the in the cold if it's not done well. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah, but right. again, that might just be yeah. you know urban legend. Yeah, because everybody that I've talked to was like, "Oh, did you have it hot? You really got to have it hot." And I'm like, "No, they didn't have that option." But mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if later on down the road they kind of mm-hmm. sure. expand and, and get into that. But yeah, I totally highly recommend, especially if you've never, if you don't know anything about sake, because they're more than willing to talk to you. Yeah, well, approachable awesome. is the key. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the last time we recorded, it was the beginning of Burger Week. Yes. Mm -hmm. I had one burger. I I had seven more after that. (laughs) Regret it all the way. (laughs) Unfortunately, didn't get to the belt line, although it did look very good. Yeah. Well, you you would have had to stand in line. It was, it was a nutso Yeah. Everywhere I went. It was a nutso like there was tons of people. Yeah. People get excited about Burger Week. Yeah. Because we tried, we tried to go, because I had one burger. I had the one, yeah. But we we, tr- we tried to go to Drake's on Tate's Creek oh after God. we got done recording Girls Beer Sports, Yikes. and we got down there, and you couldn't. There wasn't a seat to be had. Yeah, yeah. Move. Like it was crazy, and that's big. I mean, we're mm-hmm. just to give you a comparison. Just speaking of Drake's, we are a forty seat restaurant. We have a three a four hundred square foot kitchen. We have three kitchen staff. Wow. We did one hundred and fifty burgers a day. Wow. Drake's has triple yeah. the staff Golly. and quadruple the size yeah. and they were doing five yeah so our yeah. little monster team was busting out <laughs> yeah. burgers and people were ordering like, other okay. stuff yeah. sure. it's not yeah, like yeah you know what was mm-hmm. surprising about burger week for us and for the for the team in the kitchen is that it was actually slightly easier than our regular menu hmm. even though oh. we were doing more oh. volume and it's because you were doing so many of the same thing right oh, yeah. you yeah. could really just factory churn it out mm-hmm. right and you weren't yeah. when you're bouncing between this dish and this dish and this prep and this mise en place and this and this and this sure. and other thing yeah, yeah. it's you're down. you're really all over the place and the ballet is much more synced mm-hmm. and this this wound up being relatively 
uh, not I, it wasn't easy. It right. was exhausting. Sure. But you got an assembly line. But we had an assembly going. line yeah. going with it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So it was it was easier than we thought, and still amazing still and exhausting. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't imagine actually having to like do that during an entire week, like make those burgers. Well, in the over prep. And over and over I mean, too. we were yeah. prepping the week before. We mm-hmm. had we had rolled out burgers yeah. and sticking them in the freezer so that we could get the first two days. Again, when you have a small kitchen, you also have small prep space. Sure. So our volume, we can only hold about two days worth of stuff as it is. Mm-hmm. So we were already, you know, doing everything we could to sort of pre-prep the fried green tomatoes mm-hmm. and our spicy pimento cheese we make in house. We had to, you know, quadruple the volume of spicy pimento so, cheese. So, so tell, uh, tell us about the burger that you all came up with. Yeah, so for Burger Week, uh, Chef Daniel Holman, who's the new chef, uh, came up with the components, and we named it the All Over the South Burger because it had an element. So, Chef Daniel's from Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, he's only been in Lexington a year and a half, and the entire time he was here, he was recruited from Southern Alabama University to come to Transy. Oh. Um, so he's only cooked at Transy, and he was mostly managing, which is why he wanted to sort of get out of that because he was like, "I'm I'm wound up being a, a a books person, and I never really wanted a mm-hmm. books person. Oh, I yeah. want to be an in the kitchen person." And so he came up with having an element because our fare is southern regional mm-hmm. and he came up with okay well let's throw a little delta in let's throw a little bayou in let's throw a little low country in and let's throw a little central kentucky element so ours was the all over the south burger it was a quarter pound smash patty black hawk farm so local beef uh our house spicy pimento cheese which does have a bite if you like a little heat it's really good spicy pimento cheese uh we had a fried green tomato from and the tomatoes were from our farm Mm -hmm. so we were able to have our own farm farm green tomatoes uh those had a nice buttermilk brine with a really crunch you know not the sloppy fried green Mm -hmm. tomato where it's like oh this is a greasy batter with kind of Mm -hmm. a soggy fried green tomato um and then he did a creole remoulade and we had some creole mustard on it so it was it was and a little bit of our carnival slaw which is a red cabbage pecan mandarin orange uh parsley and uh poppy seed dressing Mm. so it was a it was a stack of a burger it was definitely a bargain for six dollars Bucks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we would have yeah. to if we were going to do that burger, we would charge twelve. Well, yeah, sure. So you know, it's like, and people have asked, and I'm like, well, it's a lot of assembly, so yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of steps. Yeah. yeah. So come back next year for whatever we come up for Burger Week sure, next yeah, year. Yeah, so, yeah. but it was it was very popular. We had a lot of great feedback about it. Nice. Like people really loved the burger. We were often. People were like, this was our favorite burger. We saw a lot of new faces, and that's the point of Burger Week. It's for mm-hmm. people to get Absolutely. out and explore mm-hmm. with low consequence. Mm-hmm. Sure. They mm-hmm. might have to wait in line, but it's not a $60 meal that you're like, yeah. God, that was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I just blew 60 bucks on something I'd, you know, so it's a good chance for people to really get out and explore different restaurants that they might not otherwise go to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. sure. And that's like my thing too, is like I don't want to just get the burger. Like I want to see what else is on the menu, mm-hmm. what could kind of pair with it. I think I probably spent $20. Oh, most of our customers did too. Yeah. People were buying bottles of wine and people were buying yeah. all the sides because I'm going to tell y'all something right now. Chef Daniel makes the best vegan collard greens you'll ever put in your mouth. Oh. And I'm, I say vegan because I want the vegans out there to know that we have vegan collard greens. But for everybody else who likes collard greens, I, I convinced a guy who was like, doesn't have meat. I was like, nope. And you won't care. And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, just <laughs> get it. And he got them and they were gone in 60 seconds. It was like... <laughs> 
do you need a sponge to sop up <laughs> the juice? Because they're really great. But he makes really fantastic sides. Nice. So we actually kept all of our Burger Week sides on the menu because people were just like, this is the best mac and cheese I've ever had. That's awesome. He does a jalapeno mac and cheese, and it's it's great. Sides yeah. are probably my favorite. I love a good side. I like love That's why I like Ramsey's. Right. I like to go get the big just, side vegetable yeah. plate. Yeah. Yeah. Mix that's, and match. That's, all, and, that's what I get whenever yeah, I get yeah. yeah. it. I love a good, I love a good four sides. And yes. I think that's the country... That's grandma's yeah. cooking in me. Yeah, like it's it's yeah. that you know you've got all these leftovers from the meals, two or three meals before. I mean, that's my favorite part of the day mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving is like a plate full of sides. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Heck yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I think of the burgers I tried, and I tried a bunch. I think eight, maybe. Um, I tried to like put them in a particular order, but I couldn't make up my mind. So. Here's my top three out of the eight that I tried in no particular order. The agave and rye one. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's good. The bear and the butcher, which actually probably was my favorite. And then the Stella's Kentucky Della. Deli. Della. Stella's Della. Stella's Della. To be fair, like last year when I looked at the, the list, I was like, that's still one. I think it had Grippos on it. That's probably. I had it last year too. Yeah. It was and, my and favorite that, one. I was going to say that was your favorite one last year. So they end up coming up with some strong contenders. It mm-hmm. seems like every mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Sure. They do a good job. And for, again, another small restaurant mm-hmm. that really busts out. You know, it's, that's, you got to have some, I'm not everybody has to work hard because it's exponentially bigger for the bigger restaurants. But sure. these small restaurants where you have barely any room to move around, it's really a lot of, you know, you really have to all hands on deck and bust your chops to produce this kind of stuff in smaller kitchens with smaller staff. So lots of kudos to those small kitchens out there who were were busting butt. Totally agree. Totally agree. Well, anybody else been up to anything? Well, I had some family in from Texas and they, they just started heading back home this morning. So I've been getting up early, staying up late, just visiting and stuff, which is one of the, one of the reasons why I'm tired. Um, but I did put together like a little welcome basket for them, which is one of the reasons why I went by Ruth Hunt and ended up running into uh, Riley oh, there. Cool. She And she let me have a mallow, and I was not upset about it. So anyway, <laughs> um, so I, I did I did that for them, and then it's also been Shark Week, which is one of my favorite things. Uh-huh. I forgot. <laughs> you mean so, the Shark Week on TV? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh yeah. So, She's a Shark Week fan. Yes. Yeah, so I've been getting up early, watching it till I go to work, coming home, watching it till I fall asleep, and so I'm only getting like five six hours of sleep this whole week. So I'm I'm gonna when we get done with the podcast, I'm going to bed. <laughs> so did you go get a North Limestone Shark Week? Donut, where they had the the gummy shark on the donut. No, that would have been cute. No, I've been trying to get in as much Shark Week as possible, so I've just been straight <laughs> straight to wherever <laughs> I'm going and back home so I can finish watching Shark Gotta Week. Gotta leave. So. I have to watch Shark Week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to stick it in all my Shark Week fix. So. That's fair. I was almost late coming here because I was watching the X Games, so... You know, yeah, it wasn't even live X Games either. That's the sad part. <laughs> I could have paused it, <laughs> just come back, but I was like, no, it's almost over. <laughs> but you know, we all have the things that we sacrifice our time for. So yeah. It's all good. All right. Well, now it's time for America's uh, second favorite segment. I don't know. Yeah, I'm making it up now. Uh, Renee's report. It's very <laughs> okay, and so not the nightly news, <laughs> <laughs> but Carrie's version. So, 
Um, the Summer Pub Crawl in the Lexington Distillery District. They're going to be doing one. It's uh, July 30th through August 1st. So took some screenshots to be able to tell you about it. Um, so the Pub Crawl is going to be, as I said, down in the Distillery District. And you buy a ticket. You receive a wristband and the list of participating venues and where you get... Um, all kinds of discounts when you go. Plus, you get your name put in a drawing for a gift bag that has merchandise from all those participating places. So, and then proceeds are also going to seven different charities, which is which is really cool too. So, just to give you, I'm not going to name all of them, but Ethereal, Goodfellas, Fusion, Rickhouse Pub, Elkhorn, just to name a few that are all involved in that. That I think that would be a really fun thing that people could get out and do. Tickets are on toasttab.com. I've never I think heard. I've seen that around before, yeah. Um, but you get on toasttab.com and you can get your ticket and be able to go around and get some discounts and try a bunch of stuff that they're they're doing things specifically for this, so you're going to get to try some new stuff, which is which is also pretty cool. Um also, let's see, we just got done with Burger Week, and we're getting ready to go straight into Lexington Restaurant Week. So that is Jan, July 22nd through August 1st. The participating restaurants will create a three-course menu, and before they could do it with two different price point options, now they're giving them three. So you, they can do a $19 dinner. $29 dinner or a $39 dinner. So some of those restaurants that are a little bit more higher end might go with a $39 option, but you get three course uh, meal for that. And just to give you an idea of who all's kind of, I'm not going to name off everybody, but give you an idea. You've got Carson's and you've also got Charlie Brown's, Coles on Main, Drake's, Dudley's, uh, Epping's Lady Side, Honeywood, Jay Renders, Lockbox, our buddies over at Old Vine Bistro are doing it, Palmer's, Sav's, Renata's. But you can get on LexingtonRestaurantWeek.com. Lexington, uh, you can see the full listing of the restaurant and then whatever their meal options are going to be. So that's going to be fun coming up. And then also, I know this isn't local, but we're going to have Summer Olympics that's getting ready to start. And it's July 23rd through August 8th. I'm still not convinced it's going to happen. You're not? Nope. So Really? Yep. Oh, I hope it does. I've been waiting. <laughs> I kind of have been too. It was supposed to be last year. I don't normally, but I have been I've been, been excited about it. it. Yeah. So it was supposed to be last races. year, of course, but because of COVID, it got changed to this year. And hopefully we'll be able to see the United States go out and kick a bunch of butt. Ten, uh, ten people in the... In the Olympic Village, have tested positive. Oh, yeah! yeah. Wow, uh-huh. it's also the first year that they've had uh, over 150 out LGBTQ participants, mm. uh, which nice. is a record. That's awesome. For mm-hmm. it's the, last year, it was or the last Olympics, it was 50. Sure. Mm-hmm. But that tells you a lot about how the sport 
yeah. world yeah. is yeah. Yeah. less uh, closeted yeah. and accepting for people and that the media isn't attacking mm-hmm. people for yeah. coming out. So sure. yeah, that's, I think that's really that's exciting. Even cooler, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I'm, I'm, I, I, I'll be convinced when I see it, but I'm still not 100% <laughs> well, no, convinced. I, I think I, yeah. I just seen that Tokyo had decided that they weren't going to let people come and watch. Yep. So people yep. won't be able to actually be there. But hopefully, I mean, we've already like missed a whole year of it. Hopefully we get to see this. A lot of money, a lot of preparation, a lot of time, we'll people's yeah. dreams. We'll see. So, <laughs> so cross my really fingers. Like, yeah, <laughs> we'll we got see. like five more days. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So cross my fingers we actually get to see it. I get to talk tons of trash to the TV. It's something I look forward to every four years. I will say <laughs> that of all the things that you get excited about, the Olympics may be the thing you get the most excited about. Next to Shark Week, yes. Yeah. And the start of football season. Yeah. Yeah. But you are just like running through the pharmacy, just like USA. Oh yeah, USA. <laughs> USA. You get like the the, uh, the Polo Ralph Lauren uh, Team oh. USA gear. No, those things are really expensive. They are. It is ridiculous. It's but, like, is this supposed to help and, the team? And sometimes make, just make some socks or something, so it's a well, little bit more affordable. Sometimes some of those designs are a little not me. So, yeah. uh, but like, I do. You don't like a nice sports blazer. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I don't know if that's my decor, but yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go for that, but I do get the app and I follow it and I'm like, how many are we up on? We really got to, you know, get our game going so we can beat whoever it is. What's your favorite sport in the Summer Olympics? Mm, Probably the diving, swimming, diving. I love those. Okay. Um, I thought you would have said gymnastics or something. And I do. I was going to say gymnastics. I do love gymnastics. But honestly, I will literally watch anything that U.S. is in against anything else. Because to me, it's like, it's us against the world. Let's go. Uh-huh. I don't care if it's ping pong. I don't care whatever it is. I don't care if we're throwing stuff. I don't know anything about it. And we're throwing it. I'm like, you can do it. You uh, got speaking this. of throwing, the uh, hammer throw women has yeah. broken the world record like twice during the trials. That's All what I'm in talking one, about. She's... America. Oh, intensely yeah, good yeah she's really up i mean yeah. you can just tell from the way she carries her body i'm like she gonna throw that <laughs> that's what i'm talking she about she is yeah. a mat like she is just a strong hoss i think her back yeah. is probably as wide as schwarzenegger's just wow. in just muscle and scale and you know and then she so she's this like powerhouse woman throws the hammer beats her own personal record then throws it again because you get six throws mm-hmm. Beats it again and wins the like gets the world record. Mm-hmm. Throws it, but, but by then she was like, and literally she stops and she does this. You can't see this because you're listening. Does this like jump and waves her fingers like little jazz hands under, and she's like, ah! <laughs> and it was like, I love her even more. She just made the most girly. She wasn't like, Ugh! she was like, ah! little fingers and just. Twitter toes. It was adorable. Women. <laughs> yeah. Women empowerment. It's adorable. Right. Hey, Bacon, it's okay. Yes. I just was squalling. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that, Carrie. For That's the sound. okay. Yes. <laughs> I should have warned you. All yes. right. Well, those are some good events, Renee. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. I'm tired today. I was going to say that. That didn't come with a lot of zeal. Not feeling it. Sorry. It's all good. Um, all right, well, now it's time for our interview with Robbie about all the restaurant stuff. So I let Renee take over the interview. Okay. Hi, Robbie. Hi, Renee. How are you? Well, I'm great. Thank, thanks for coming. It's glad I get to turn to you in that big studio you have over there. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> 
So, Miss Robbie, you had previously the restaurant that's spelt line now was yes. Jay Gumbo. That's right. So, what exactly happened to for you to decide to, to go a different direction and change to now what is the belt line? So, yeah. When I first opened in in the North Limestone neighborhood, I lived over there for eight years, and I'd been watching sort of the story, what was happening with the gray line. Um, but I wasn't sure it was totally going to work. Sure. So I, and I knew I wanted to open a restaurant, because um, mm-hmm. I'm crazy. <laughs> um, you know, after doing Crave, and multiple... Uh, oh, and we're going to get into that. Yeah, multiple I, I business talk talks for Smiley Pete about starting restaurants, and like, don't do it unless you know exactly like you have to be a psychiatrist you have to be a bookkeeper you have to be a boss you have to be a chef you have to be a, a floor sweep you have to clean the bathrooms like you really have to be an, a, an all person in order to run a restaurant and it still doesn't have a big profit margin so you better be ready for what this is mm-hmm. and even though I'd done those business talks it's <laughs> like, well, I'm gonna open a restaurant right yes. <laughs> so so I knew I'd wanted to open a restaurant and to me, even though it seemed, and and now even more so, just to be honest, it seemed like a little bit of false armor for me mm-hmm. uh, to to put on a franchise because Jay Gumbas is a franchise. They had a good product. They have a good product. Um, but that was the way I could afford it, uh, sure. was to start up with small costs where I had a commissary kitchen where I didn't have to staff the labor. And because I was unsure whether the neighborhood was going to bring the people that I would need to make that sustainable, I wanted to start kind of with what I perceived as minimal risk. Sure. Um, every restaurant has risk. Um, but in the same vein, the whole time, it felt like a false armor for me, mm-hmm. um, it, which is to say it didn't feel very genuine to my own roots or my own story or what I'm interested in about food. Okay. Um, and And so it allowed me to get started, to learn some things, uh, without the high consequence of a full staff that I'm responsible for making their paychecks work. Um, and that's the other thing about opening a restaurant that you can't do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. And the second you take on other people, you're responsible for their life. And, and that's a big weight and it's a big responsibility. And I take that very seriously. I pay a living wage and I want people and I have since I opened and I, I want them to be okay you know, and things happen. You can't, you can't, you know, you just have to deal with that stuff when it comes. COVID, for instance, was sure. a terrifying moment for. Oh my gosh, can't imagine. When you have people who are relying on you. Well, um, sure. So, you know, when I first started the restaurant, I wanted to do it in a way that I had the money to without taking on a lot of loans. I didn't want to take on investors, uh, mostly because I'm a sassy boss and I don't want other people tell me what to do. <laughs> I love critical feedback and I want my team to tell me what they need. But I don't, I don't want a bunch of silent investors who have bad ideas. You see that in restaurants all the time. It's like, how many people designed this menu? Because I don't understand a thing that's going on. You see that in life in general. Yeah, yeah. So I just didn't want to take that on. And, and this to me felt like a good format. But as I was working in it, I just, the, the, the well up of, you've got to do your own story. You've mm-hmm. got to tell your own story in this. So being true to you yeah. really yeah. more Yeah, and important. pulling off that mm-hmm. armor of what felt like a little bit of protection in the franchise, pulling that armor off and and saying, okay, I, the gray line is bringing people to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing everything move the way I need to. I'd built up enough customer loyalty that I really didn't feel like I was going to lose 
they don't just come because they like that one dish. They come because they like Josh. They come because they like Paige. They come because they like me. They come because they like Chef Daniel, who wasn't there at the time, but Mm -hmm. they come because they like that it feels like a place they know. And they do know it. We're very friendly. We're open people. We talk about our lives. We ask them about theirs. It's, you know, not all the time. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we let people dine. But for the most part, we have a really good relationship with our customers. And their proof of that was during COVID when they showed up day after day after day after day after day to support us in every way they could. And so the confidence I had in our customer base, the confidence I had in our staff, and the confidence I had in the neighborhood growing was like, you got to go now. This is your Alamo. This is the all-in moment. If you can't take some risks after COVID, then what the hell are you doing? You know, because right. it, it knocked you off at the knees. It got, took you to the lowest for a lot, you know, for a restaurant. I mean, I was pretty, pretty positive and the staff was definitely positive, but it really, it really cut us off at the knees. Well, sure. And it was like, well, there's nowhere else to go other than clothes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing that. And I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going all in. I'm making the final stand like this. I'm going all in. I'm doing the thing I wanted to do. And I have confidence in what I care about. And I have confidence in other people's stories. And I have confidence in the stories people want to tell through food. So that was the reason to go ahead and, and make the move and move it to the Beltline, which has its own history in the name, et cetera, et cetera. And take on a staff that also has stories to tell and then give them the space in the kitchen and the front of house to do that and to tell their own stories. Because that ultimately is why we sit around a table. You know, it's which the, is the reason the, why we have this podcast. That's exactly yes. right. It's you sit around a table and somebody's got a memory of something that's nostalgic. You know, Anthony Bourdain said this multiple times. He was like, you know, chefs and people who are in food for the most part don't want to go to a high end four hour dinner. We live that space. What we're looking for is the nostalgia of things that gave us comfort in our childhood. And I think that's what everybody's looking for when they sit down. They want you know, for those that were fortunate enough to have a comforting mm-hmm. meal around a table, not everybody had that privilege. Uh, but you know, to to, I've I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Uh, <laughs> everybody wants to talk about their grandmother's green beans. You know, yes. who made the best green beans, and and what your granny did, and whether you like meat in your collard greens, and how you did your. You know, everybody's got a version of the things that they have a memory for, and it's about the people. And the stories that brought that food to their mouth. You've got that right. You know, and so I have confidence in that. You know, mm-hmm. I have confidence in other people being wanting to be touched by and experience through food. They also mm-hmm. want the food to taste great. And I had confidence that I could do that and my staff could do that. Full confidence. Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah. they want a great experience. They want it to be something they can afford. They want it to be relatable. And that was the other reason I went with the Cajun and Creole franchise. I'm not from Louisiana. I'm not from the Bayou. But a lot of people that are in that neighborhood are. And gotcha. as it was gentrifying, okay. and I'm part of that gentrification, As it was gentrifying, it was like, I don't have to choose something that's out of the range of connection to the people who've lived in this neighborhood and built this neighborhood for the last 30, 40 years. So I wanted it to be affordable. I wanted it to be, and I still want it to be affordable. We'll never be a $30 a plate restaurant. You know, we're still sourcing locally and seasonally and doing fine dish composition, but I don't want to be a $30 a plate restaurant. We have plenty of those and more people who need a $20 a plate got, meal yes, yes, who go ma'am. in and go, I can't believe this is so affordable. 
and so delicious and in this environment that's artistic and funky mm-hmm. and creative and full of music and friendly people i want you to leave and go i can't believe that's all we spent not ugh, i mean we can go there once a year because right. it's a special oh, occasion yeah. i don't yeah. want to be a once a year special occasion and we don't get to know people that way right. i want to be a you could come here once a month or even once a week kind of place oh, sure. so so the cajun and creole allowed for us to for me at the beginning to open my doors and invite people who were already in that neighborhood and still are in that neighborhood and still should be in that neighborhood. Um, I wanted those people to be able to come in and say, this is only $9. This is a, here's a, here's a $9 dinner. Here's mm-hmm. a $9 lunch. Well, of course, our prices have gone up for dinner, but our lunch is sure. still 12 and under. So, you know, I, that, that was the reason to structure it the way I did. And, and I'm really, really glad I changed it because it's, I feel night and day in the honesty of what I'm doing in a way that I just I, I didn't mean, You before. know what? And I know you're in her podcast and you can't see, but I'm sitting here looking at, looking her right in the eyes when she's saying that. And it's, you can just see she is happy with it. Oh yeah. She's made. Yeah. yeah. And I've gotten to meet, you know, my new kitchen staff is like, <laughs> These people worked together for two weeks and then busted out a burger week. And and I sat and listened. You know, I would be on dish because we we lost it. Like the day the dishwasher was supposed to start, they didn't show up. This is the curse of, <laughs> during burger week. So burger the week. staff was doing dishes and I was doing dishes and everybody. And, you know, I've always done the. Di- I don't care. That's not, you know, it's like, yeah. I'm, I don't do the dishes. It's like, yes. yeah, yeah, you do. You do the dishes. <laughs> if the dishes need to be done, you don't yeah. want to burn out your staff. You go yeah. do the dishes. Absolutely. So we were all in there and I'm listening to these people who are slammed saying, hey, can I get you anything? And and let's sell. And Chef Daniel, you here's his classic. We all now say it all the time. Sell food. Sell food. Every time something good happens, sell food. He says it 9,000 different ways. Sometimes he's mad. Sometimes he's disappointed. Sometimes he's excited. Sometimes he's passionate. And it's all sell food. I'm like, I've never heard anybody say sell food in 5,000 different ways. <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all need to turn that into a t-shirt. Yeah. You do. Like, <gasps> Carrie. Yes. Uh, okay, you know what? I'm, I haven't made our Beltline t-shirts too, on the back them. though. Yeah. Sell food yep. is yeah. is the back. Yeah. is the back. There you yeah, go. that's yeah. great. You can you can have that idea. Yes, thank you, Carrie. <laughs> I appreciate she, that. She I will give you a bumper sticker. <laughs> I will give you some stickers for that. So I'm very excited about the changes, and and I'm super excited about the staff, and I'm super duper excited about what Chef Daniel is bringing to the table because he's trained with James Beard award-winning chefs, Frank Stitt in particular, down in Alabama, and he wants that. He wants nice. to do that kind of food, and he does. So he's he's approachable because he can also make a mean-ass bowl of gumbo. But he, he he the composition and how he thinks about flavor and what he's doing on the plate – He's he is passionate about it and and he's proud of what he does and he should be because it's they're really beautiful. He understands flavor and it's just exciting to say go do yeah. it. You know, I've been the one in the kitchen for two and a half years. I'm like it's so exciting to watch it from this side, yeah. from the from the oh, expo yeah. side instead of the kitchen side, and watch them be Emerson's the same and Paula's the same, like the the two other people I have in the kitchen. Um, they're so excited to be making this food with each other, and it's it's rare. 
And Josh, mm-hmm. my friend, a house manager, has been with me for two years, and he's like, I've never, and he's all he's ever done is restaurant work. He's been a professional server his whole entire career, and he's like, I've never worked in a place where I love every, I love everybody I work with, and you That's can That's awesome. feel no. it. Yeah, yeah, it you makes can a difference feel it. For sure. And yeah. our customers review it that way. I was gonna say, I'm sure you can taste it too. You absolutely yeah. can. Yeah, the absolutely. Spoon of love. Can. I know it sounds like Chef Daniel has it in a little tub back there. Absolutely. Yeah. He's you got a bucket. He got a pickle yeah. bucket of it. I can guarantee. <laughs> You got a pickle bucket. I actually up. stopped in the other day and got some dinner to go. Hey, thanks. And everyone was super nice. And that was the first thing she said yeah, to me. Yeah, super nice. The food was fantastic. Thank you. I loved Thank it. you. It was great. I want to go back and try all of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I noticed too that like everybody was like super like teamwork oriented. And it's not fake. I mean, yeah. we've had reviews where the customers say this food is great, but. These people are genuinely happy. Oh, yeah. People are genuinely happy. For sure. And, you know, I'm glad I could get out of their way enough for that to happen. Sure. You know, I learned a lot in Crave managing a lot of volunteers and different people Mm -hmm. that if I micromanage stuff and I'm in the, if I'm constantly in the, in the, the, the small stuff that people need to do just to empower themselves, Mm -hmm. then I can never be up here thinking about the macro level stuff. Because if you're in everybody's business all the time and you don't, my job is to give them the tools to be successful, not to get in their way. It's to get out of their way and say, what do you need? I'm not always 100% successful at that, but that is my goal as, as their employer. Mm -hmm. It is my goal as the goal as their coworker. It is my goal as a peer human being that spends a lot of time together in a space. That is my job now. It's mm-hmm. to give them the tools they need to, to, to make you feel like that when you walk in the door. Yeah, absolutely. We're well, so, doing a great job. So, thank you. Thank you. I'll tell with, them all you I, said so. I was going to talk about Chef Daniel in a minute, but you brought him up, so we'll just we'll talk about, yeah, let's we'll talk jump. about him now. Um, so you all just recently got him on staff. That's right. Um, and I know when I had talked to you about a month or so ago, like you had an idea of where you wanted the belt line to go and like what kind of food you wanted to have. Um, but now, now that he is here, are you allowing for him to have his creativity flow to be able to bring in like some of his, uh, mastermind pieces? Oh, for sure. Okay. We've already switched over. So the, the popular dishes that were the Jay Gumbo's dishes, mm-hmm. the voodoo chicken, the drunken chicken, uh, the gumbo, right? Mm-hmm. The gumbo is now his and it's, it's better. It's better. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's being made by him. Sure. Right? And and he's touching and seeing everything. Um, the voodoo chicken is, is for people who liked the voodoo chicken, it's because they like the spice. And he's already brought in what his version of that is. So he's, and, and then outside of replacing the stuff that people liked mm-hmm. his own compositions he did a, a this gorgeous pork tenderloin dish that he did a red wine barbecue sauce for and then the base of it was just beautiful vegetables roasted fennel on top I mean it was a, a bourre blanc I mean beautiful plating colorful fresh bright cri- vegetables that you actually have to chew with your teeth that you don't just gum yeah, because oh, yeah. they're actually yeah, yeah. still they're actually still <laughs> like that oh that I can tell too. that's a vegetable yeah. right? that's, yeah. oh and I can tell that's a this vegetable over that vegetable, but his his plating is just so elegant and beautiful, um, and it's still in a bowl, which a bowl is a comforting yes. dish to serve something in. So you know he's already I I basically said when he came to interview, I I said I want to move out of the way and have someone else's southern regional expression on this menu 
you know, I've got the stuff that's my granddaddy's cracker rolled fish. Mm -hmm. I've got, you know, I've got my own family history in that and he gets to bring his family history to it too and also where he wants to start his own family story in his own food so what's the fun of saying here here is this recipe you mimic it why would you get somebody at that level yeah and say Mm -hmm. now do my recipe perfectly every time and never sway and never tell your own story here because they're gonna, yeah. they're going to get bored. Well, and it's, it's know, boring. Gonna, yeah, they're I mean, get it's bored, boring for the right? customer. It's boring sure. for me to even say the words, <laughs> right? Like hey. that's a boring way to approach it. Yeah. And I don't want that much control. In the same way that when I go to somebody's house and they cook for me, and it's like, oh, I can't. I don't. You know, I'm not as. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I love when other people cook for me because it's your sure. story that you're bringing to me. I don't yeah. care what your skill level is. Mm-hmm. It's the care and the and what you're doing in the intention of cooking for me mm-hmm. that makes that enjoyable and now i get to again sit on the other side and be so delighted by what what emerson's doing what paul is doing she just made one of the best jam cakes i have ever had in my life i love a good jam cake. Uh, you need to come get some this week because it'll she won't be making the jam we've done it like five days in a row but it's sold out and like i bet the first day and she made i mean at five o'clock last night, the warm, quick caramel icing was being poured onto uh, the jam cake. So good. So yes. yeah. So come get it, because I am not kidding you. It's like, oh right, this is what happens when you make a jam cake with plump raisins, and you've soaked them, and they're not just dried up mm-hmm. fruits inside. You know, I, the spice profile is beautiful, but I want every every one of those people in the kitchen to feel like they have a place to say who they are. Yeah, that's what I like about, like, mm-hmm. all these places around here, too. Like, any place where you can let people be creative like that. Yeah. That's, like, really exciting to me. I don't mm-hmm. want to eat the same thing over No, and, and that's over what I love about Honeywood. Too. Lawrence yeah. Wheat's food is yeah. beautiful. And he sure. really gets to be playful with mm-hmm. his, you know, and that speaks to Wheat's yeah. letting, mm-hmm. wanting yeah. that restaurant to have a signature. You can, Look, if I made five restaurants and said it's all going to be me i don't care how creative i am you're going to get similarities because it's just one person's right. thought yeah, process exactly. it's one person's perspective that's not fun yeah right it's not dynamic so it's like let tyler say who tyler is at holly hill let lawrence yeah. say who lawrence is at honeywood and that makes those restaurants exciting and i think it's one of the reasons Wida has been so successful is because while Wida is the is the matriarch right. of all these ideas, she gets out of the way and lets these she people lets express grow. who they yeah. are. So you're still excited to go to her different restaurants. Absolutely. You know, you could go to all five of them and get a different experience and a different expression, and that's because she's let other people tell that story. That's amazing. Heck yeah, yeah. I, I just I just love, love your that. look. Your look coming from that perspective. I love your look on that. Um, so we have talked about the belt line. Yeah, and when you and I talked on the phone, I was just and like as you tell the story, I'm just like I'm like this on the edge of my seat. I was just <laughs> listening to you, and as soon as I got off the phone with you, I texted them, and I was like, "You all are gonna love her." Um, <laughs> so, um, so tell us why you decided to rename it the Bell Line. So that's a story that's pretty quick and easy. Uh, and if you talk to people who are over 75, most of them can tell you this real quick. They don't call New Circle Road New Circle Road. They still call it the Belt Line. And that's because that's what the name of New Circle Road was when it was a railroad line. So there was a railroad line that wrapped around the city and was part passenger rail and part traditional rail. But it's the way you got connected in. So if you wanted to go, if you were down in 
now this is a little bit of the story because it never totally got finished as a rail line so the winchester road corridor which included paris pike winchester road the north limestone area that never got finished before it turned into a road so and there was a bit of a political kerfuffle about that and some argued i've looked at some of the old history some argued it's because they didn't want people from eastern kentucky in the city and they never prioritized that side because it would bring people from corbin up to winchester but you couldn't get into the city from the train line so they were trying to connect the dots Mm -hmm. to connect because there were other you could get into the city from other counties and other parts of kentucky but you couldn't get in to the city through and then you couldn't connect to the lnn you couldn't get up to cincinnati if you wanted to from that corridor you had to route yourself around so the original name and lots of people called the north side the north belt line and that was the name of the the old new circle road was the belt line so i actually have customers that remember going like uh patsy anderson who comes in she's from cynthiana but she said it was a big deal she's probably in her 80s she said it was a big deal to get to go to parquet and we would take paris pike when it was just a bunch of it was a small little almost one and a half lane road with a bunch of stoplights and then it would turn into gravel and wow. then they would wow. it would gravel road it up to the part that you could get on where they were starting to pave New Circle, and she would get to, they would get to go to the parkette, and then they'd haul back over the gravel and back onto Paris Pike. So that's the, it was the belt line then. So I was like, what better way to tell a story about connecting the southern regions mm-hmm. as an idea of food because it's not a monolith. The Delta is different than Low Country, is different than Gullah Geechee, is different than Central Kentucky, is different than Tennessee food, is different than the Southern Texas, which I don't touch because I've got no history there. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a good way for me to say this is about a cultural connection vis-a-vis this kind of train line of food of connecting mm-hmm. all these dots in the Southern regions and renaming it the Beltline after the, after the old train line. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I did not know any of that about New Circle I didn't, Road. I didn't really either until I started Look researching the learning. neighborhood. <laughs> learning. Shaw. Look at us. Getting smarter by the minute over here on this podcast. And so, with the location of the Beltline, uh-huh. you said that you have a pretty big neighbor, the Greyline Station. That's right. And then for the people that haven't been in there, it is just kind of a conglomeration of a bunch of different stuff that's mm-hmm. all in one area. Um and uh, there's, I think I'd seen that you had posted online about some collaboration that you have with some of the, the vendors in there. Well, I try to use, so Ray Ann's popcorn, we yes. just used her zebra popcorn for our bread pudding, and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some food vendors in there. Um, I use Laura Lou's Day Old Pastries for our, like her croissants in particular, mm-hmm. to do bread puddings every once in a while. I use North Lime's Day Old's for when I do want to do a donut bread pudding Mm -hmm. so you know rising tides raises all ships and they've Mm -hmm. got good products so I might as well buy the stuff that you know I need it to be stale so Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go get it and throw it in a bread pudding yeah Yeah, so that's I've and we were doing collaborations with Old North Bar when they first opened to do music nights and we free deliver over to patrons of the breeze which is a fantastic wine bar 
Old North Bar, which is super fun. They have music on the weekends. So we'll just, I mean, it's across the street. We can walk yeah. next door and deliver it next door. Sure, the only sure. time we don't do that is when we're super busy. We didn't do it during Burger Week. We don't do well, it on sure. music nights. You know, we, we got to focus on our customers in house first. But on those, and they tend to get food trucks over there. But on those nights, they don't have food trucks. We also deliver to Rock House brewery for oh, free because cool. it's right down the street mm-hmm. on nights that like a food truck has to cancel or it's a rainy night or whatever if we're if we're on a slower night you know through the week it's like yeah we'll walk it down that's mm-hmm. if somebody gets to go outside and it's no skin off our back and we get to meet new customers so oh, there yeah you go. We, we we like our neighborhood and we want to collaborate with those businesses it's wonderful awesome so yeah. real quick what are your hours yeah. so right now for the rest of the summer until september 1st we're open 11 to 3 and 5 to 8 on tuesdays and wednesdays we're open 11 to 3 and 5 to 9 on thursday friday and saturday we have a private courtyard patio we have live music about once a month sometimes more and you can follow us on facebook and instagram to get any of those updates we have a website but it's because I do it and I don't <laughs> spend the time doing it because you can get our hours in 50,000 other places. Sure. So it really just, Instagram and Facebook is the place to go. And our, our online site is really just for online ordering and seeing our menu. Nice. No, yeah. Well, we could talk to you all day long about food and all I could talk all day long things. about food. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. We'll, we'll call it America's Third Favorite segment even. Uh, Everybody Tries. So yes, yes. So this is a segment that we like to do, where we like to be like a local type podcast. But this is our little segment where we try like weird snack food type things if I'm at the grocery store, just because I think it's that's fun. funny. And a lot and a lot of times they are weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, how I, I was a little uh, preoccupied this week, so I kind of forgot about it a little bit. But don't fear, I found something weird. So we'll find out if it's weird. I don't know. It's a mystery flavor. So these are uh, Pop Tarts, a mystery flavor. So let you guys. Oh no! Does that mean a flavor they've never done, or you just might get a strawberry one? Or you might. We gonna find. It's a mystery. Let's give it a try. Oh goodness! Guess first. Well, it's got a pretty little feathery, airbrushy pattern on it. Yeah. Yeah. The box has a hole in there. Oh, this smells savory. I'm okay. weirded out already. Old one right there. Yeah, and I'll grab this. Ooh, one. It does. Yours has a mustache on it. This I've got. I've got sunglasses. This smells like Doritos. What the hell am I eating? <laughs> Seriously. I oh my know. god. What, what picture do you all have? I have sunglasses. She has a mustache. I got a hat. Does yours taste like cheese Doritos? Yeah, it tastes like cheese and herb. Cheese oh. and herb. Yeah, uh, <laughs> chicken and a biscuit. Yes. It tastes like That's chicken and a biscuit. Oh my god. This is this oh, this is this the, was a trick. This but. is the second worst thing we've ever had on here. Okay, for the gastro molecular people out there, Ugh, that is. Rough. You will appreciate that they've taken something we've associated with sweet and always sweet and jammy and made it like a total mind f oh. for what flavor you're actually getting, which is definitely chicken and a biscuit. Yes, Blech. you nailed it. Yeah, it's I, exactly what it or is. Or a stinky mustache, which is it's why gross. they. <laughs> Smelling somebody's stinky mustache is what this tastes like. The ranch soda um, still ranks as the most disgusting ranch. thing. Ranch. This is up there with it. <laughs> but this is. This what if is, you dipped this and the like ranch? ranch chicken what if you wash this down with a ranch? Soda? I I almost, she almost puked she, she spit it back on my own America. floor when I took when I drank the ranch soda. This this ranks right up there. This so is what disgusting. is your flavor? I think it's like I think a, it's, all, it's like a chivey type yeah. of like. Yeah, a, oh, so it's an herby thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's almost like a French onion or a chive. Like, well, you know those, uh, you know those cheese crackers that has like cheese and herb in between. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, almost kind of tastes yeah. like that. Okay, too. so they've put the yeah. same flavor in all the mystery, oh, right? It sounds like okay. Can we trade and see if yours is like mine? I there think, you go. I think they all are. Yeah, I think they're all. I think they're all chivey chicken and a biscuit. Chivy chicken in a biscuit. Dried onion, cornstarch, garlic powder. I was going to say, I taste the onion. Uh, yeah. Oh. yeah that's, that's disgusting, right? It's disgusting. Gross. Yeah. It's absolutely. Especially when you add the sugar icing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this, the tea that I'm drinking today, I think it's masking a lot because I can't like taste much of it. That, my tongue. That hat, that hat thing is disgusting. It's, so is the mustache. Yeah. 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 Also, if you're putting different? a mustache logo on your food... Yeah, this is the... We're already... Oh, okay, it's because of the it's mystery. It's like an anonymous... How much did you mask? pay for these? I don't know, like $3. Okay. $3 right. too much. Yeah. They've been staring me in the face every time I go to Kroger for the past month, so... Well... I know I know why they're an end cap. They're yes. disgusting. And also why they're still there. Yeah. It's not like people ran yeah. out and was like, oh, you got to have the mystery flavor Pop-Tart. I wish you all could see the stack of uneaten Pop-Tart jarred. Yeah. That is shart and shard. <laughs> yeah, shard is an appropriate word and, for you. Know, you know what, though? is Toasting them wouldn't even make them better. No, they no make and them neither would, like, making that icing more of a cheese icing. Oh. You know, instead of a sugar icing. Yeah. Like, it's why they didn't stick with the savory. Yeah. That's that carnauba wax Ugh. that they've made the icing with for preservatives. Oh, gross. That's why I don't like... Um, like fake chocolate bars. Like uh-huh. mass-produced chocolate it's got bars. that waxy... Because it leaves that... Mm waxy mm-hmm. weird mouth well, feel sarah thanks <laughs> thank you for that delightful disgusting treat this is the best thing that i've ever brought here honestly because this reaction i'm, I'm honored fantastic. i'm honored <laughs> and horrified this was truly something i had no idea what it was gonna be i, um, I, I tell you what take those to chef daniel oh, and seriously yes. and and be Make a, and, take them and yes. see if see what he can do with them i'd be interested actually keep the box up here so i can take a uh, picture but uh, yeah, i will i those. will hand these to the staff yes <laughs> and just say do something yes and there i can guarantee you they're gonna go there is nothing to be done with <laughs> they go in the trash hand pies i don't know well we actually made a really good savory hand pie before <laughs> and that's not what we went after was. but yeah see what chef daniel thinks he could do with okay. those besides throwing right. in the this trash yeah this yeah. worked out better than I well, he's coming back from miami he goes to miami next week and when he comes back i'll <laughs> He'll be inspired by yes. lots of, yes. you know, Cuban fusion. Yeah. And then he'll get this horrendous stuff and be like, <laughs> he'll cry. Be like, Hungry Kentucky gave this to you as a gift. As a gift. Yes, Welcome. A gift. <laughs> uh, very terrible gift. It's not on purpose, I promise. But you know what? Sometimes there's fun in the mystery and Man, sometimes there's not. It's still was... fun, even though it's disgusting. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. But actually really plays into the next segment. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it totally it, does. This is a perfect segue. I didn't even plan this. It really is. This is some real <laughs> on-the-fly producing here. Um, now we're, get, we're getting to America's favorite segment. Yes. It's our, I guess you could call it weekly, our bi-weekly mm-hmm. podcast question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since we're only uh, twice a month. Twice a month twice podcast. A month. Um, so this is our question we put out on social media for everybody to answer we've got a pretty good following now i feel like mm-hmm. um actually gonna shout out renee for this one mm-hmm. 
put a call out for a, what should we put out as our question this week. She immediately had this one in the back pocket. Yep. I was saving, like it, saving it. it for a rainy day, and it was raining. Uh-huh. Oh, so perfect. We yeah. got lots of answers. I'd say a lot of the same answer. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I agree with the answers. So it's it's Really? Fun. Okay, yeah. so I already know what it is. I haven't looked. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have a couple. For someone who like doesn't have a lot of things I don't like anymore, What's I have question? a couple of two things that I hate. So this week's question is, what's an ingredient that will always ruin a dish? So let's run around the table real quick and say what ours is. So start with Carrie. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. I hold over from last time. Yes. Or two times ago. Yes. And I'm not even going to go into how I feel about mayonnaise. Just go listen to the mayonnaise episode. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right, Renee, what's yours? Well, I have a bunch, but I narrowed Shocking. down to two. Narrowed down to two. Uh, first Renee's thing picky. would be horseradish. I cannot Ouch. stand the, I, I cannot stand the taste of horseradish. Ouch. Horseradish is done. I know I'm in the minority on this one, but I do not like dill pickles. Get out. Oh, ouch. Oh man, I haven't been thrown out in forever. Get out. Get out. <laughs> mystery Pop Tarts and your dill pickle hating stuff. <laughs> I do. I can't stand dill pickles. I hate out. Them. Right. I don't like, like the bread, smell. But you like bread and butter pickles. No. She doesn't you like, like pickles, pickles in general. I'd like sweet pickles. Okay. But I don't you like. mean like the smart moms know how kids' minds grow? Yes, <laughs> yes, off the kids' menu. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, I do like this, but I, yeah, right. no, I do not like deal. Do you have an answer to put? I in do artificial okay. sweeteners. Mm, oh, okay, that's a good one. Yeah. Interesting. That is a good one. Yeah. I myself do love a good artificial sweetener, but it really depends on which one it is. Mm-hmm. So that's fair. Um, mine is I have two as well. Um. Onions. I hate onions. Oh, so I already knew that. Well, I already knew that would coming. be why you would hate these. That, yeah. that dried powdered mm-hmm. onions. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't help. And it's like the onion flavor doesn't bother me. It's like the texture of the onions, really, and their smell. Mm-hmm. They smell really dank. And then a uh, cilantro. I'm one of those people. I was going to ask you if you're, you're a one soapy. of those. Are you a soapy? soapy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that just means you have an allergy. Yeah. yeah. That almost doesn't count. Uh, oh, I have tons of food allergies. She was like, "How much time do you got?" Yeah. So And what were the peoples? So the peoples. Probably a lot of cilantro people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um so let's start with Facebook. Um you're gonna have to help me with this one, Renee. Uh yeah. Tiffany said, I'm going with cinnamon. You know why. Full She's allergic. Oh, I was gonna say I don't know why. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> no, because I used uh, I used to make cookies every week whenever I come into work and I would bring it in for everybody and she would always be like is there cinnamon in there is there cinnamon and I would make some sometimes there was and I was like why is that gotta be what you're allergic to because uh-huh. it's all delicious cinnamon? yeah apparently. apparently oh boo okay I know I feel bad for her I didn't know what so the good. you don't you know why I was like I yeah. don't know why but I hope Renee knows <laughs> you know I looked at that and I was like oh yeah that sucks I feel bad for her um Jeff said Zima, not beer. I was going to say, there's no way. Jeff always answers beer to yes. all of our questions. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. Um, Mary said ketchup. My mom said cilantro. See, it's okay. genetic. Genetic it is. A familial. I was going to say, it's her fault. Says like. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ellen said spicy peppers, which oh, I love spicy peppers. Uh, Katie said mushrooms, olives, or beans. 
Mm. Or beans. Beans. Weird. Yeah, she's picky like Renee is. People, people get weird about mushrooms, and I think it's because they had bad mushrooms first out of a can. Yeah, probably. Which has terrible flavor yeah. and horrible squeaky texture. And I'm so mm-hmm. sad now because I just had another round of food testing earlier in the year, and I love mushrooms, and, and I can't the eat them anymore. Oh, no. Yeah, sad day. But uh, anyway, uh, Kelsey said ketchup. And then cinnamon. What's up with ketchup? I don't know. I mean, ketchup's fine. Uh, cinnamon. Uh, the person yeah. cinnamon. Yes. We, we work with a person named cinnamon. <laughs> she doesn't like cilantro, so. Okay. And I think she also doesn't like cinnamon. So. I was going to say, I hope Tiffany isn't allergic to our friend cinnamon. Right. <laughs> I was like, that's that's the one. She is. That's why she's working with I was going to say, that, oh, that's why she's no longer working <laughs> with us. Okay. Um, and then on Instagram, at. Angie Cousins said, lavender smells pleasant, but the taste is similar to soap. It just gives me a headache if it's too concentrated. Um, at W Shell said, anchovies. Dang. Love anchovies. I've never mm. actually had an anchovy, oh, but anchovies. I want to try. Oh, they're so, they're salty oh, deliciousness. They're delicious. Again, if you're not a pickle liker or an olive liker, mm-hmm. you're not going to like anchovies. Yeah. Sounds like I would like anchovies. Yeah, it does. Yeah. They're uh, not fishy, really, at all. No, they're yeah, salty. They're, they're salty. briny. Yeah, they're briny and delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're delicious. At uh, Kayla Tours said mayo or mustard. Uh, our new friend at Andy Becknell, Chef Andy, said, for me, it's cilantro. I use it because people like it, but I personally <laughs> don't like it. Mm-hmm. Cilantro. Fair. Keeps getting that. It's, I think there's a lot of people with allergies there to are, it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people yeah. who it just tastes like soap. But you know yeah. what? Good for him yeah. for, for um, yeah. giving the people what they, what want. they want. Yes. You got to do it in the <laughs> restaurant business. At Citizen Kate said seaweed, which is sad. I love seaweed. Um, at Heather Joe underscore F said cilantro. At Drunky in Kentucky said mayo. At I'm with Kristen, that. I'm with yeah. that. I'm uh, with that. I love mayo. At Kristen said a hair always earns it for me. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, I do actually pull with my friends. She might have just mic dropped. Yeah, it actually I, doesn't bother me. Oh, oh no, it, it ruins it for me. Yeah. I just yeah, because just it, I can't get it out of my head even also, after I've pulled it the, off. Ex- everybody's had that experience where it gets caught in the back of yes. your throat, <laughs> someone else's hair in the yes. back of your throat. Yep. I'm talking about for food reasons here, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and yeah. it just really, it just it's like it messes laugh. with your head. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It does. That's it does. Yeah. My my best friend also said a hair. She just said a different kind of hair. <laughs> You can, uh, I'll, I'll let you all guess which one that was. <laughs> at E. Lutes said cilantro. At For Real Cheesecake said cilantro. At Candy G0919 said mayo or ranch dressing. Now, ranch, uh, get out. Get out. Attacked, right? Get out. I love ranch dressing. Yeah. I'm that person. I can't stand <gasps> I like ha- I like our own house made buttermilk yeah. herb dressing, but I d- of course a lot of the ranch dressings are too much. That's fair. Listen, okay. that is fair. That's fair. That is. Fair. I give you that. At Trader Joe's, Lex said too much truffle oil it could be on something. Uh, yeah, there. I can yeah. go with that. A little yeah. bit is good, but too much is too much. At Mrs. Angelini said sage. Hmm. Interesting. At the hmm. Crow's Court said unpopular opinion mustard. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, people don't like mustard. There's a lot of people. I yeah. gotta be in the mood for mustard, really, myself. I could eat it on most things. Tell her to. I got the most unpopular. I got dill pickles. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I can't believe nobody said blue cheese. 
Oh my god! For a lot real. of people don't like blue cheese. Yeah. It yeah. depends I, on a, what I'm eating. Is what I like. Yeah, because a lot of people. We have a dish with the blue cheese. It's like a mock shoe blue cheese dip, mm. mm-hmm. and the people who love it love it, and the people who are like, oh, I just can't. Do you yeah. have another cheese? I'm like, I mean, it I doesn't really it. work with the dish. So <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> we'll see. Now, I got a throw some cheddar on it. No, it's not the same dish. Got a couple more here at Shares Bear 86 at cilantro. Tastes like yeah. soap. At Brittany Glassford said too much vinegar or mayo. And then on Twitter, uh, Scott Watts said too much pepper will ruin a dish. Mm, that's fair. I can see yeah, that. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah. Too much of the, any of that seasoning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Too much pepper, too much spice, too much whatever. Too yep. much yeah. cumin, like... Chef Robbie, I was gonna tell you about the experience I had one time. So I won't expose the restaurant, but I went and I ordered a sweet tea. Uh huh. And they made the sweet tea with salt instead of sugar. Oh. <laughs> I know where this is. It's and it was the one. worst thing I think I've ever had. It has scarred me. It is the worst thing I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. Uh, a, a quick story. Yeah. Uh, a family member who will remain unnamed for yeah. this purpose um, <laughs> was learning to cook mm-hmm. and called me and said, I don't know what's happening to my pecan pie because uh, it's just falling all over the place. Uh, and then also later, and I was like, mm, is it the temperature? Is it this? this? I didn't bother to get into the ingredients. And then put it together when the next call was, um, is there a difference between corn syrup and corn oil? Because I just tried to make fried rice and my entire apartment's on fire. (laughs) So I was like, oh, that's why you're pecan pie. You're using corn oil. And you used corn syrup in your... Well, bless your heart. Zoing. Yeah, Zoing. We, we, right. we did a quick discovery of that, and it was, oh, oh now it's no. coming now, together. Okay. Yeah, don't put corn oil on your pancakes. Don't. Oof, that's uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And I know which restaurant Renee's talking about. Yes. At least it's not a local place. No. So that's good. Well, Bacon's doing some gymnastics over here. <laughs> She's getting ready for the Olympics. She sure is. She is ready. All Go America. Right. So we're winding down here. So let's quickly go around and talk about what we're drinking. Um, I had a a Goose Island uh, three twelve lemonade shandy, Ooh, which I love. Refreshing. A good, it is very yeah. refreshing. I love a good shandy. Um, this one's like a perfect one. It's only four point two percent. Super perfect for me. Super easy drinker. Um, Really good cold. So if you're looking for something light and refreshing and not super beery, sounds like a good post mow the lawn exactly. summer beer. Yep, mm-hmm. I get I can get down with that. Good one. lawn mowing beer. Lawn yep. mowing, lawn beer. mowing beer. A la Sturgill Simpson, just yep. out yep. mowing the lawn. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna say, Carrie, that might be a good thing to talk about on GBS. I mean, as a topic, say so what are the good lawn mowing? Beers? Oh, we've done that before. Okay. Oh yeah, they've been there. I mean, we're two hundred and seventy-seven <laughs> episodes in. <laughs> we 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 hit, hit it. We hit it up. Yeah. All right. So I got this uh, Urban Artifact Squeeze Box uh, Strawberry Midwest Fruit Tart. It's very delicious. It wasn't too sour. It was made with three thousand pounds of strawberries and sixty wow. grams of vanilla beans per thirty wow. barrel batch. It's very the strawberry flavor is really nice. You could obviously tell the real strawberries. Uh huh. Super well balanced. I decided to go ahead and compare that with the Abita. And I love Abita. 
Abita makes some fine, fine products. Louisiana yes. beer company. Yeah. We mm-hmm. know their products well. Yeah, they're they're great. I really like a lot of their beers. This is their strawberry lager. I've had this before, and I liked it before, and I don't like it as much now since I had the the squeeze, Urban Artifact Squeeze Box. The Abita Brewing tastes a little bit more artificial. Yeah, thanks. Taste fruits. Yeah. Yikes. Compared to the 3,000, what did I say? Yeah, yeah three thousand pounds of strawberries. Yeah, that, it's a Jolly Rancher yeah. instead of a f- right. fresh basket of yeah. farmers market yeah. strawberries. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. Sorry, Sad Abita. <laughs> <laughs> well, Renee, what tea are you drinking? Renee tries a new tea every week on the show. Yes. So, did doing a tea. So, stop by my friendly gas station, and I found something that I have not seen before. And Tivana actually had some uh, bottled tea and this was a passion tango herbal tea with hibiscus and cinnamon and i didn't know how i was gonna feel about it and it's actually pretty good but it is overpowering so so i was sitting here drinking all of this and then i ate the pop tart so the only thing i could taste cinnamon onion powder and well thing i could really taste out of this was the onion i couldn't taste anything else because that was masking so Uh much so when you all were making all the faces i'm like i can taste onion so I was just in here, just like in my mind, that's all I could. Uh-huh. Yeah, because that was so yay for me on that because all y'all's faces didn't seem good. <laughs> yeah, so. you, you got out lucky on yeah, that. Yeah, I one. think so. Thanks, Tivana. I think so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, Robbie, where can we find you again? Plug all your social media and stuff real quick. Uh, the Beltline Lex is our tag on Instagram and Facebook. And, of course, you can find us in the flesh and uh, at 808 North Limestone. We are located just past the corner of Loudon and Lime, across from the Gray Line Station, right next to the fantastic Broomwagon Bike Shack, and Cafe, and uh, Thrive Kombucha. We're we're sandwiched in the middle of the kombucha shop and the bike and coffee shop. Nice. Well, thanks again for yes. coming on. This I had a awesome blast. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at HungryandKY. You can email us, HungryandKY at gmail.com, and you can find our podcast wherever it is that you find podcasts. Mm-hmm. So where do you find our blog at, Renee? Our blog is Bluegrass Bourbon and Eats, and it's on Facebook and Instagram as Bluegrass Bourbon and Eats. And then Twitter is BB and Eats, and our website is bbneats.com. And where we find you at, Carrie? So on the Twitter, even though I'm still... Zen it's been great. It's, it really nice. has been great. Uh, at GRLS Beer Sports. And if you listen to us wherever good podcasts are free, you're probably going to start hearing Sarah because she has just joined the starting lineup of GBS yes. for reasons that will be explained on, <laughs> on future episode. Yep. Yep. I'll be there. You will. Every Monday. All righty. Well, thanks again for listening to Hungry in Kentucky. And as always... Stay hungry, Kentucky.